You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back in inside your Odyssey app. You know you can rewind if you missed anything. You can also download us as a podcast later, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download the app today and take us with you, whatever you're doing today and every single day of the week here with the BetQL Network. It is Chris Mack, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth with you on BetQL Daily. Before we wrap up, some lightning bets. Maybe I'll bet on a hockey team to put a puck in their own net again. Um <laughs> Let's go or hell no in 20 minutes and lucky enough to be joined from 24-7 Sports to talk college hoops right now, Isaac Trotter. Morning, Isaac. I saw we've got fresh tiers. We've got a, a fresh set of tiers and you've got six teams in that top tier. Tell me why you, you think all six of those you think belong in that top tier when it, we may even be getting a stratification of sorts within that top tier. Yeah, it's a good question. I think what, right now college basketball is as wide open as it's been. It's older, but scoring is up throughout the country. Uh, you're seeing a lot of teams, though, I think start to find themselves. And these six in particular, you know, when I look at Houston, Tennessee, Arizona, North Carolina, those are the, some of the teams that continue to stand up. Purdue, obviously. Like these teams start to feel like their flaws are a little bit like they, they aren't that hamstrung by their flaws, right? Like Houston is, you know, they shoot a lot of jumpers, right? Like that's the thing they do, but they make up for it because they're great on the offensive rebounding and they're an awesome team in transition defense. They take away a lot of what you want to do on a night-to-night basis. So I feel like those six, you throw UConn in that mix as well. It feels like those teams have flaws that can't necessarily hurt them. They can maybe get exposed a little bit in the tournament, but when you're trying to win six games in six days, like you kind of have to have six different game plans at times. And I feel like those six teams, man, I'm saying the word six a lot, have a lot what it takes <laughs> to potentially make those deep, deep runs. Uh, Isaac, I want to ask you about a team that did not make your list. At least you did not just mention them as as one of those six. And I feel like I'm on an island, and I'm the only person that doesn't have a ticket on Kentucky. Like I'll, I'll credit Paul Aspen. He was the first one that I heard talking about it. And then you know, some of the college basketball you, people you talked to over the last couple of weeks, did you get a Kentucky ticket? I got a 20 on Kentucky. And now it's now I see it in the media bloodstream. Oh, Kentucky. I got this number on Kentucky. What do you think about Kentucky? Should I be jealous? Should I be looking for a spot to add a ticket myself? And then, you know, side note, I see BetMGM yesterday saying, biggest liability, Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I'm torn on them because it's a really young team and they've played like it at times. And when you have a lot of new faces and new roles, Kentucky is trying to massage new guys in at different times. Trey Mitchell joins the team really, really late. They're at a seven foot two Croatian center who knocks down a bunch of threes. It's a great story. Yeah, now he's a first round pick in mock drafts after playing one game at Kentucky. Like, 
we've seen all of these situations, but they haven't had time to really coalesce. I still question if they know their true rotation yet. Do you know who your seven or eight guys are yet? Like there's some, some concerns there. And defensively, I think that there are some openings there that keep me from putting them in that top tier. But that elite part of what they've shown is really special. And I think adding Zivonimir Avisic to this mix is really interesting to me because you can have five shooters on the floor now without sacrificing your rebounding, without sacrificing your rim protection. That was something that Kentucky early in the season, they were kind of picking between, hey, are we an offensive heavy group? Are we going to try to throw our defensive lineup out there? Now I wonder if they can do a little bit of both. So I'm kind of holding serve on Kentucky. I, I understand. I think some of those numbers that we've heard on Kentucky early, those 20s are a little bit, those are nice. Like I would love to have something like that. But I still have some concerns about this team in March when you're so young, when you still have some turnovers that you that concern me, when you have some defensive lapses, teams that have a defense right now in the mid-70s, we haven't seen them win the national championship, right? Like, So it would be a little bit of a statistical outlier if Kentucky goes all the way and wins it all. But there's also part of me is like, this is such a new group. Like, Maybe by March, this defense is different. So I'm in big wait-and-see mode with how these new guys coalesce and what their defensive numbers are in SEC play because I'm ready to toss out some of those early season defensive issues because this group is just – very different. I want to talk about a team that did make your list, and they've been quite fraudulent come March. First, it was North Texas, <laughs> then it was St. Peter's, then it was Fairleigh Dickinson. Talk about Purdue. What do we do with this team? Do we just pass on any Purdue futures, or is this going to be the year they actually aren't fraudulent in the tournament? Yeah, I think I'm buying them. You know, I think this is a team that can really do what they need to do. Like Zach Eady, I think the narrative around him and, you know, he's slow, he's plotting, he's when he's, you know, he's this traditional big man. Like, I think he's kind of broken some of those things. His mobility, his ability to guard ball screens is way different. I think Purdue is starting to unlock what to do when you throw junk defenses at them. You can't just throw three guys at them. Remember in Fairleigh Dickinson game last year, they had horse shots. They are wide open from three. Guys just standing at the perimeter, shooting wide open shots. And they couldn't convert. And this group feels a little bit different. And I, I'm starting to buy them just because I feel like they're so inevitable. Edie is just ridiculous. And Braden Smith is playing like a first-team All-Big Ten point guard right now. His pull-up jumper, the numbers with that have been fantastic all year. And they have different guys they can rotate in. Oh, and they're an awesome offensive rebounding team. It's just, it's just really hard to keep them under wraps. It feels like you need to pull a Nebraska and hit 13, 14, 15 threes to beat Purdue. Like, it, you need some outliers to really beat them right now. So they're, I feel as good about them as any team in the country right now. They have a really, really high floor. Isaac Trotter of 24-7 Sports here with us to talk college hoops on BetQL Daily. So have six teams in the top tier, and this is why I mentioned maybe a little more stratification taking place within that top tier, Isaac, because I see, at least for my money, two teams. I know it's hard to believe in Purdue come tournament time, but Purdue looks like the clear-cut top team in the country. But UConn surviving over the last month as they did, and not just surviving – you could argue thriving. They won. They continue to win, even if some of those wins weren't necessarily the prettiest. I have those two as as clear-cut one seeds if the tournament started today. But who would be your other two ones right now from that other group of four that you have in your top tier? You got the Heels. You got Houston. You got Tennessee and Arizona. Yeah, I think for me it's going to be North Carolina. I think they're building a case to be a number one seed. What we saw last night, R.J. Davis at his absolute best – 
uh, 36 points last night. The float game was really good. He can hit threes, but they're guarding, right? They're top five nas- nationally in defensive efficiency. This is the best that you UCon- or North Carolina's defense has been in the Hubert Davis era, one of their best in North Carolina basketball history. They've been really, really sitting down and guarding. Now, part of me wonders if it's a little bit uh, fluky. You know, sometimes uh, UConn or North Carolina has given up some good looks from three. They've been a little bit lucky on those. They've given up over nine unguarded catch and shoot threes per game, team shooting in the low 30s. So part of me wonders if there's a little bit of correction defensively, but they have everything else. They have great rim protection. They have elite point guard. Their role players are really stepping into what they need to be. They have great positional size. They put a lot of teams in a bind. So I think they're really in, on pace for a number one seat, especially in the ACC, which there's not a lot of options on that on that slate for them to really, you know, lose games. I think that there's a chance for them to maybe make a run towards being, you know, 15, 15, 16, 17 league wins this year. Like that, that's really possible in a, an ACC that's a little bit down. And then I think Houston is really in in a good position to earn that second number one seed that we're talking about here. Just because in the Big 12, you have quad one opportunities day in, day out. And I think by the end of the year, you know, even if they get to 14 Big 12 wins, that's a ton of quad one victories. I think they're going to find a way onto that one line. Yeah, last week, Isaac, with uh, with Houston, we talked about it. Back-to-back losses, understand the concern. They're going to get back on track. That's what they did. They go beat Texas Tech by 20-plus. They took care of UCF by 15. And then we've got BYU tonight, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, what's your angle on tonight, Houston-BYU? So for me, the thing with BYU is if you look at BYU's Ken Palm page, it's like, oh, they've been great this year at keeping, taking care of the basketball, right? Top 50 and and lowest turnover rate. But if you dig in that a little bit more in Big 12 play, their turnover rate is about 20%. Uh, So that's a big, big gap for me. That's not going to play against Houston, right? If you're having any issues turning the basketball over, that BYU staff has been preaching turnovers, turnovers, turnovers all year long. Houston, I think, is going to heat them up. I know that we've talked a lot about home dogs this year, and we've seen ranked teams go on the road and lose. This feels like another Houston spot where they can really put their imprint on this BYU team, this BYU guards, these backcourt. I'm not sure if they're necessarily ready for the pressure that Houston can bring to the table, especially if Houston's able to get to work on the offensive glass and do what they need to do with that backcourt. Like I genuinely think they might have the three best guards on the floor tonight. So that's those are the type of concerns that I look like. And if Houston can turn this BYU group over, you know, BYU does not get many shots at the rim. I think they're the second lowest high major team in shots at the rim so far this year. That's not necessarily a, a great recipe. Houston makes you take a lot of rushed, uh, guarded jumpers. That's not a recipe to, to win against Houston. So I, I like the Cougs tonight to go on the road and get it done. One thing we love about you, Isaac, is you jump into the prop market when it comes to college hoops. So where are you looking tonight? Oh man, I got a I got a few for you, right? Uh, Antonio Reeves <laughs> has been a guy last week. We we like Antonio Reeves, right? Uh, he's been a big time scorer this year for Kentucky. Um, but I think tonight's a decent spot to fade him. Under 19 and a half is an interesting number for me. You look at those recent game logs, that's scary, right? But South Carolina is an elite transition defense. They're also elite at taking away threes. Those are the two aspects of the game that Antonio Reeves really eats. And then the other one, too, uh, early in the year when, when Kentucky was a little bit injured, he was playing 38, 39, 40 minutes a night. Now they have more mouths to feed, right? They're kind of integrating new guys back into this mix. 
in six of the last seven games, he's played less than 31 minutes. So that changes the game here for a guy who he has to be hyper efficient on the shots he get. I think he's fifth on the team in usage rate. He's a, an amazing scorer, right? He really is, but he really comes on low volume. He's not getting to the free throw line 12, 13 times. He's not pulling a, a Luka Doncic or a, a 35% usage rate. He's really more of a play finisher for this Kentucky team. So I think under 19 and a half is an interesting line there. The other one that I'm eyeing as well in Nebraska and Ohio State, uh, Nebraska big man rink mast has been one of the best passing big man in the sport this year over two and a half si- assists makes a ton of sense. He's had multiple six assist games recently in his last nine games. He's averaging close to three and a half assists per game. Nebraska at home, their numbers offensively at home have been through the roof and Felix Okpara, the Ohio state star center. He's an amazing rim protector. Arguably he's kind of one of my sleepers for big 10 defensive player of the year. But when he's guarding Mast, I think the game plan really will be to pull him away from the basket, which opens up those backdoor cuts for Mast to really go to work. And my guy, Juwan Gary, if he's playing tonight, he's a fantastic cutter. I think he's going to have a chance to make some shots at the rim. And, and Mast is going to be a big part of that. So I like Mast over two and a half assists and Antonio Reeves under, under 19 and a half points. Those are my two favorite props for tonight. Nice. Isaac Trotter of 24-7 Sports talking college hoops with us here on BetQL Daily. I got to ask, to circle back around to the tiers that you just dropped, um, Auburn, I see, one of those teams in tier two, right? Um, number one in the SEC, or t- you know, best record in the SEC, 16-2. They blow everybody out. They, they, they don't play close games. But what keeps them from being in that top tier? Is it just strength of opponent at this point? That's a factor, definitely. You know, I, I'm still a little bit hesitant about some of their guard play, right? Aiden Holloway has been a fantastic addition for them this year, can really shoot it. Denver Jones is a guy that can shoot it. Katie Johnson's kind of a maniac that comes off the bench and kind of messes things up for 15, 20 minutes. I love that about him. Uh, Trey Donaldson's been awesome, but they don't necessarily always have that guard that can break the defense down, get to the rim, and finish over the top of, uh, you know, seven-footers. That's a concern for me when you when you look at some of these other teams. Like in North Carolina, you have R.J. Davis. He takes the ball. He can go get a shot whenever he wants. Tennessee, Dalton Connect. He can get the ball, go wherever he wants on the floor and get a shot. That's some of my concerns with this Auburn team. But I don't want to talk too bad about the Tigers. I, I've been all in on this Auburn team for a while. I love this group. I love the, de- the depth of this team. I love the way they guard. I love the vicious way that they defend. Like, this group is really doing it with defense. I just have a few concerns about that guard play if it, that holds me back from really putting them in that top tier. But a little inside baseball for you. I was so close to putting them in tier one. Like, we had a lot of conversations with people about putting them in that top tier because this group is guarding. They can really score. They got inside play with Janai Broom, Jalen Williams. You know, backup big man Dylan Cardwell is just fantastic. And I love teams that take away easy shots. And teams are shooting like 46% at the rim against Auburn. That's just stupid, stupid good stuff from that defense. Isaac, uh, another theme this year, shortish road favorites in conference play, losing. Couple of mine tonight. Kentucky at South Carolina, Wisconsin at Minnesota. Which one loses? Boy, I think Minnesota has a great chance to upset uh, Wisconsin tonight if Elijah Hawkins plays. That's the one angle to watch there. South Carolina has been um, a little bit fraudulent at times so far this year, but against that Kentucky team that has a lot of different mouths that can kind of beat you. I'll give you another short one. Georgia Tech plus two and a half at home. This one opened three and a half against Pitt. 
I like that Georgia Tech team. It's a team that they've played Clemson really well. They beat them in double overtime. They beat Duke earlier this year. They're super young. That Pitt team, they play some, you know, it can get really fluky or flaky with them sometimes. Like they just shoot a lot of threes, which opens it up for a lot of different outcomes. Like you can have a wide range of outcomes there with that, with that Pitt team. So Georgia Tech plus two and a half at home, plus three and a half, or even that money line at plus 120. It makes a lot of sense there too. We were just talking, Isaac. Uh, eating a meal before watching ACC hoops, not advisable. Best to just <laughs> watch the game, then maybe like try to cleanse your palate because it's, it's not good stuff. Georgia Tech pit may not be pretty tonight, but I like that call. Um, Georgia Tech against the Panthers because, like you said, it's Blake Hinson or nothing for Pitt. All threes or nothing. Great stuff. Isaac Trotter at 24-7 Sports. Thanks again for the time, man. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, before we get to our lightning bets, we may hit the links because things get started early this week. We'll add that into the mix for a little let's go or hell no alongside Joe and Aaron. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. MGM from BetQL. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Or let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome back into BetQL Daily alongside Joe and Aaron. I'm Chris Mack, and it is time for another rousing edition of Let's Go or Hell No. And we're diverse in our Let's Go or Hell No today we've got golf we've got college hoops yeah yeah we've 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 dissected uh the nfl conference championship games today we've prop shopped we've gone over the super bowl mvp market so yeah let's go in a couple different directions here paul what do you got for us so these wednesday golf tournaments are always sneaky so i'm glad we're getting this in before the end of the show but we will start with college hoops as you mentioned we just had isaac trotter on talking about his different tiers another friend of the show reed wallach so he's been keeping track of the teams that are kind of coming in and out of these ken palm 2020 metrics which very predictive of national champions top 20 in offensive efficiency top 20 in defensive efficiency um so the teams that currently fit that mold right now houston Purdue, Arizona, Tennessee, good luck if you're going to back Rick Barnes, Auburn, North Carolina, BYU, who has played nobody. Uh, So let's go or hell no. Give me a let's go team on that list and give me a hell no team on that list that you would be looking to back. Pick one of each. Paul, what do you – I know you always track this. What do you think about these numbers mid to late January? Do they tell us anything or is it? I think they're, I don't think they're nothing. Like, I, I think this okay. is around the time. Like I started looking at them this month. Like we're about a month into conference play. Now, something like Kentucky, 
especially adding a seven foot rim protector. I think that like the defensive metrics look terrible right now, but that could get much closer to this by the time the tournament rolls around. Um, I do think teams like, I mean, Purdue, Arizona, Houston's always in here. I mean, they're on the verge of popping out of the offensive uh, side of things. Tennessee, again, I just, I just can't get there with them because of I've done it before. And I've seen the Rick Barnes movie before. Uh, Teams like Auburn, BYU, even Houston haven't played. Like, you look at these, and then you look at their strength of schedule, and it's like, oh, well, you kind of played no one. So it's it's an incomplete picture right now for sure. That's the flip side for me, too, is that two of these teams that we're talking about, of these seven that are in the Ken Palm 2020, um, Mm -hmm. they're, they're playing completely different schedules than they're used to. Like, Houston and BYU as Big 12 teams, it's. I think it's hard to adjust for what the Big 12 does to people. The Big 12 is just brutal. It's this uh, it, Roman Coliseum style. Uh, you have no idea what you're going to see on a given night. And, and then we're going to lump on top of that, oh, they're going to play each other sometimes too, Houston and BYU and UCF and Cincinnati. And so, like, so a, a night like tonight makes it even harder to judge. Um, but that's, that's where, what makes this really hard. And that why I think I probably need to see another week or two to kind of answer Joe's question as to, to how much validity I put into these right now, get me through the bulk of the conference schedule and kind of within, you know, the stretch run is on the horizon and I'll say, okay, now maybe we can look at some of these teams like Houston and BYU and say, now I got a feel for what these teams look like in the Big 12 specifically. Because I look at Houston in particular, I'm like 18th in adjusted offensive efficiency, Houston. But you go back and you look, and it's been all all the road action that's beaten them up offensively. And the road in the Big 12 is, again, it's a gauntlet. So, um, like, if I had to pick a let's go, they would be my let's go, grudgingly, at 10-1. to Because I think you're going to take a Houston team who – the last few years has been really good. And then you're going to add the layer on top of, oh, they got the snot beat out of them on the road in conference because that's what the Big 12 is. And I think that battle tests them, um, which they haven't had the benefit of the last couple of years. So that that would be my let's go. My hell no would be Arizona because I don't think anybody comes out of the Pac-12 stronger than they, they are going into the conference slate. At eleven to one, their perimeter defense is shaky at best. So um, my let's go would be Houston. My hell no would be Arizona. Go ahead, Shall Aaron. I go next. Then? Go. Yeah. <laughs> I love Tommy Lloyd. I think he's one of the best coaches in college basketball. My let's go is Arizona. Now they do have some L's. They come into this at fourteen and four on the season. They have played some good teams. Uh, however, they've lost many of those good teams that they've played right. so far this season. FAU, they lost by one point in double overtime. They lost to Purdue. So, yeah, that does worry me and concern me. They are uh, number one in Pac-12. And it will be interesting circling back to the Big 12 conversation. They do enter the Big 12 next year. So curious to see how Tommy Lloyd's team does moving forward. But I'm going to go with, hey, last year in the Pac-12, Arizona's got something to prove. So give me Arizona. My fade, my hell no for now, 
gotta go with BYU. It seems like the obvious choice. Who have they played? Just an auto fade for me at this point. Um, I, on the 2020 conversation, I would also, if you're doing this, I would add a team like UConn, 29th in defense. They're probably going to yeah. be one of these 2020 teams when, when all is said and done with all the changes that dealing with early on in the year. I want to give a hell no on half this list. <laughs> like, and I know it's something that we want to trust. Like Paul mentioned Tennessee. Chris, you like Houston. I would do a hell no on Houston because yeah. of the number and because of their offense. Are you going to do it six straight games? But my hell no. Come on. Perno for Matt Painter. Exactly. It's so easy. Like I want to give those three, but officially I'll give Perdon't and Matt Painter as my hell no. <laughs> and then my let's go. Okay, what's left? Yes, BYU hasn't played anyone. You know who else hasn't played anyone? Auburn. They haven't played anyone yet this year. Like I like Bruce Pearl. I like what he's built down there. Um, but I can't say they're a let's go. At this point, it, you know, the BYU number is enticing, but you guys mentioned the issues there. Process of elimination, I guess I would just go with North Carolina. But, yeah, yeah at, that, at this point, like, all my let's goes have much bigger numbers than around 15 to 1. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right. Uh, and there is, I mean, like teams that are on the verge. Um, we can revisit as we continue looking at these. Connecticut, Illinois, Duke, Marquette. Marquette, what has happened to them a little bit? Kansas, Michigan. Michigan State stop. Who's uh, on March? Zags, TCU. Well, their number, but their uh, numbers are there. Like 30 and 22. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's another one. Like, I, I, yeah, it's not pretty, but it's like 
How many teams in the Big Ten play pretty basketball, especially on the road? Zero. Right? Like, so, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you, like, it's easy to mock, and I, I, I wouldn't pretend like I haven't mocked it too. Is Owen March? Uh, you're right, but like, it's also the other side of the coin is yeah, but is Owen March? Like, it's a thing be, for a reason, you know, and. They play all this ugly basketball, and then all of a sudden they walk into the tournament, and it's like they they they, yeah. they can change personalities overnight sometimes. It, I've seen it happen too many times where it's like, wait, that's Michigan State. I just saw them, you know, I saw them lose to Rutgers or something crazy. You know, it happens every year, and, and then it's like they go to the tournament, and they go on a run, and you look up, and it's the second weekend. You're like, man, Izzo really got him going, didn't he? And it's like, that's where it comes from. I Like, you have to have the conversation if on Friday you go to Madison and you win, then you're like, okay, let's talk about it. So going to Madison. Hashtag Madison. <laughs> Hashtag Madison. I do think, I think Wisconsin's very fraudulent. So I might actually be interested in backing Sparty there. But yeah, okay. like, give me Sparty as a seven seed. Like, and yeah, I'll get on board with that. Um, all right, let's hit the links a little bit. So the farmer starts yeah. tomorrow. Some trends from our friend of the show, Kenny Kim. Uh, 12 of the last 14 winners at Torrey Pines had a previous top 10 at this tournament. So I'd say that's more truthy than trend. This, I think, is very is more trendy than truth. Nearly 40% of winners here all time have had some sort of California connection growing up, living in California, going to school there. Uh, so three rounds on the south course, which is one of the tougher and longer courses on tour. One round on the north course, a little bit easier. So... Just throw out some things I'm looking at. Jake, uh, in your honor yesterday, I did throw this out. Billy Z at 55. Um, I just think, you know, he's got the good history here. He seems like he's, you know, shake the rust off. He's in pretty good form. Uh, he did miss the cut here last year, uh, but obviously lost in that playoff, which we were a show for. That was fun. Uh, back in 2022 to Luke List, T7 2021. Uh, he does have a Cali connection for what it's worth. And previous top 10, he's a Bay Area boy. Uh, so, Chris, I've got, like, my regular guys that I just, yeah. you know, autoplay every week. Guys like Sungjae, yes. Sahith, who were on speaking terms again after that collapse at the Century. Um, so those guys. Finau, I'm out on Finau. I, he's got great history here. But, like, there's just – he's been – like, he's finished top 40 in these two tournaments. But these are – these first two, the Sony and the Century, are, like, easy courses. And he's just been okay. So, as it steps up in class a little bit, I, I can't buy into him uh, right here. So, as we look at the top of the odds board, it's Xander Shoffley. I mean, like, right down the street, uh, local guy. I'm not betting him at 10-1 to 1 to win this tournament. Um, but you know, he's in good form T3 at the Amex. Um, and then he's also got good history here. 10th and strokes game T to green. Like, I do think there's a chance that he comes out and goes nuclear tomorrow on the South course where he's got really good history. Specifically when you look at true strokes gained on data golf for that course in particular, I'm not playing the nine to one, 10 to one that's out there. I do think though, Playing the better number, 14 to 1 for the first round leader on the South Course. I think that that's a way I'm gonna go. Um, so I'll be playing that. And then a couple of uh matchups and three balls. Uh round one versus Finau and Homa. 
Again, I just talked about Finau, just 102nd in strokes gained so far early in the season, 116th in approach. These are usually part of the strongest parts of his game. And if he's not there on these easier courses, I, I just can't believe that he's going to be there here. And then I just think Homa will mess up with this putter enough. Um, okay. And then so and then for the tournament, plus 160 against Homa and Cantley for Xander Shoffley. So as far as the favorite, that's how I'm playing him without playing it outright. Any thoughts on the top of the leaderboard? I can also yeah, just I keep don't... throwing names out. Well, I, I like Homa. I mean, it's chalky. It's, you know, it's defending champ. He's won. It's, yeah. He, he's, he's won. It's recent. It's last year. He looked okay. He looked pretty good at the century. What was it, a top 15? Um, and, again, California guy. You mentioned that SoCal guy. But, you know, 11 to 1 to win, maybe that's the play. Maybe, again, it's too chalky and not enough value. He is plus money, though, to finish top 10. If you're looking for the closest thing to a sure bet, Max Homa finishing top 10 at Torrey Pines uh, in defending his championship at plus 110. I wouldn't have a problem with that either. Um, names at the top that pop, and you mentioned one of them. Did you mention Jason Day? No, he's on my list, though. I, I can't. It was at 30. Is it 25 now? It's 25 plus now. There's a plus 150. Yeah, there's a plus 150 for a top 20. I'm interested in that. Uh, he's in great form. He's got great history, specifically at the South Course. Uh, but T7 last year, T3 the year before. Uh, and again, recent form, T10 at the Century, T34 at the Amex. Um, so, yeah, I will play a top 20 uh, at 25 to win. Probably it. not. I don't think. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. I'm, I'm... But Zalatoris at 55. I know people want to laugh. Here, that that's not a terrible look. I don't mind that at all. A guy that has good history and, you know, in recent form here, it's Keegan Bradley, right? Thing is, it's yeah. 33, which you don't love. Right. Of of the If I'm looking for a number, uh, a dart throw of a guy that has some history here, Billy Ho, 110. It's but you have bad. to consider him. Yeah. 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 He is. I've so just got. Yeah, like last, two years ago, he was 11th, 2019, another top 10. He finished uh, 18th at Sony. And that, or maybe that, that's the kind of guy you want to look for in matchups, top 10, something like that. Sure. A couple other names to throw at the top out. This the, is the guy. Yeah, go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, the top of the leaderboard, I do like the Max Homa look a lot. He's been struggling in the putting game, but that doesn't seem to matter at this course. And then I just love Luke List. Born in Seattle, lived in SoCal for several years. And also, I didn't realize for the last few years, he's been living in Augusta. So come Masters Whoa. time, I may also be looking at okay. Luke List. Okay. The guy who will break our hearts, just like Sam Burns and Saheed and Ben On did. Ludwig Ober at 22. Yeah. He's going to be, he's the guy I've got keyed in. He's the guy that's going to kill us this week. He sinks the ship. Lud any Ludwig. I just don't trust Ludwig's. It's BetQL mm -hmm. Daily, presented by BetMGM. Up next, Lightning Bets, our favorite plays for the night here on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Lightning Bets in just a moment. Thanks to those of you 
watching and interacting on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql, including Aaron's favorite handle, Liquid Swords. Um, anything, Love any, him. Anything, anything that references the woo, um, Aaron is a big fan of. Alongside Joe oh, Ostrowski no. and Aaron Hawksworth. Joe says he likes a good sword fight. Does. Uh, so, like, everybody's had a sword fight, right? Oh, no. 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 Oh, no. Not everybody have. has, Joe. I don't. <laughs> what? What? What's going on? I think you're thinking of something very different than what I'm thinking of. Does that really... Tell me what you're thinking of then, Joe. No, it's going to sound really bad. Yeah, I think it is. Like, you've never had a sword fight. Nobody's had a sword fight. Come on. Nope. I haven't. Okay. Um, well, it has to go has to do with going to the bathroom. Not anything on that on the level that you guys are at. No? What? So, oh. Okay. You never what kind heard of sword, of sword fighting fight. do you do in Chicago? Hey man, listen. You gotta go to the he bush, doesn't speak go to the bathroom when you're a kid. No, he does not. Jump out Philadelphia of the pool. native here. See, Paul just stays in the pool, he pees in the pool. Yeah. Others no. that are brought up right, no. step out, go to the tree, you take a walk. Right. Now, yeah. if you're there with some some kids would go and like if you're talking and you're taking care of your business by the tree at the same time. Maybe you spray someone, or you have a sword fight. (laughs) Can't be saying spray. Can't be saying spray. What the hell have I walked into here? I'm just... Nobody's heard of this. Uh, I've never... You're on an island by yourself here, brother. It does not shock me. Right, it's guys, suburban, it's suburban Chicago, man. I didn't grow up in the suburbs, but yes, a Polish sword fight. Yeah, <laughs> like you read about. There's a, yeah. uh, there's a. Forget it. I'm not gonna go on. Yeah, no. But, I yeah. think it's best to quit while you're ahead. So, um, I, I well, I've got other comments. Maybe I'll save them for after the show. But yeah. Yeah. When you're alone with your sweet baby Rays, have a conversation. With <laughs> That's Paul. That's uh, <clears throat> thanks again to those of you following along Look and interacting with the show on twitch.tv slash betql. Um, keep your swords to yourselves, though. Uh, and for listening inside your Odyssey app, don't forget if you missed anything today. Like uh, the including- trough. That'd be a good place to have a, a sword fight. Like Wrigley Field. Thought we were done, Joe. Still is the trough, right? He all enjoys dig, going to the trough. Dig that hole, like, dig that hole a little across, bit deeper, Joe. There's no, there's <laughs> nothing blocking you to the side, nothing blocking you in front. It's all wide open. Perfect right. sword fight. Big eye contact guy. Okay. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> like ceiling anywhere else. Right. <laughs> That's the worst. But no. I bet you there are creeps that do that. Like they'll go across somebody and just intentionally make just someone stare uncomfortable. At them. Yeah, yeah. Just, just to make people. Is, is this person in the room with us right now, Joe? Well, we're all in different rooms, but no. The proverbial room. No, I just could see people are weird. I, just, I could see someone doing that. That's all I'm saying. People are weird. 
People are weird. Sub-headline for today's podcast. People are weird. <laughs> um, let's get to lightning bets. Uh, Aaron, you want to start us? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. By the way, Liquid Swords now wants to change his hand <laughs> after this conversation. I don't think that I was thought that's what it was. I thought, I yeah. thought that's what it was. Yeah. I thought it was a Wu-Tang meaning, uh, but... You're probably okay. right. So let's go. Uh, let's start with the NFL. I'm going Jameer Gibbs, longest rush, over 14 and a half. He's gone over that 12 times this season. And I'm hoping since, you know, he's he's good. He's dominant. Aaron Jones went off on the Niners, and I'm hoping Gibbs does too. But I'm going to just stick to the longest rush. I'm going to tail. I can't take credit for this one. I'm going to tail Chris Mack and Von Dalzell. Jared Goff, over 255 and a half. It's minus 114. I love that. And then in the NBA, I'm going to be looking at Jokic, triple-double, plus 165 against the Pacers. As I said a couple times earlier, uh, he was one assist shy of doing that uh, before. And then I'm going to play Luke List. Um, top 10, top 20, and probably top 30 as well, just in case. And outright. and out, We got to do outright. What is it? Yeah. It's like 80? Something crazy on him. 80. Getting some, it's 80. Considering yep. he won it a couple years ago and was in a playoff with Willie Z, I like it. Yeah. Ladder that thing. I like it. Good stuff. All right, Joe, what do you got for us? Uh, George Kittle. Let's go yards. I don't mind the longest reception, but we'll go yards. Over 58 and a half. Wouldn't surprise me if that number closes at a higher one. Talked about earlier how how bad the lines are against the tight end position. Debo hobbled. I expect uh, Kittle to get plenty of looks. So he goes over that number. Um, NBA, yeah, we're all on the same page, and the number keeps climbing. Let's go Nuggets minus four and a half. Jokic, big performance against one of the worst defenses in the league. Pacers without Halliburton next few games again. They've lost four or five, not looking pretty for Indiana. You know, Denver's had their struggles on the road, but I still think they'll win by five. So I'm going to take the Nuggets there. Yeah, in college, this is the spot. Like BYU, you're not as good as you thought. And it's only two and a half. Don't love taking the short road favorite, but I'm going to in this spot, the way that Houston has rebounded. Uh, give me Houston minus two and a half. All right. I like that. Um, I'm going to jump in on a couple of conference championship props as well, since we did prop shop today and Aaron already mentioned it. I have it at 263 and a half. Jared Goff over in passing yards. I just think with the multiple avenues to get to that number, it's it's too easy. Um, whether it ends up being their game plan to throw the ball or they just end up chasing the score most of the afternoon or evening as it is. Um, Goff over 263 and a half. I really like that. After talking to another one where um, after talking in prop shop and then kind of kicking it around with Vaughn, um, Justice Hill. I know I would mentioned Lamar anytime TD, even money still. Gus Edwards plus 140, but Vaughn brought up some interesting usage numbers on Justice Hill. And so Justice Hill, anytime TD this Sunday, three to one, better value 
than Gus Edwards. I'm going to lock that in today as well. And then NBA, Knicks minus four and a half. Uh, They're not going far. It's only to Brooklyn. Uh, They've won nine of their last 11. The Nets are a mess. They're coming off a lackluster West Coast trip where their only win was against the Lakers. They've lost five of six. They've lost 10 of their last 12. So I'm all over the Knicks minus four and a half. And the last time the Thunder played the Blazers, they beat it by 62. I'll take them to cover the 13 and a half tonight. OKC over Portland. Paul? All right. I, uh, I'll add one prop to the mix. Uh, Brock Purdy. Uh, we've seen this movie against the Lions defense time and time again. I believe there's two, still a 270 out there for Purdy's passing yards. Could definitely look at some alts there as well. Latest number on Purdy, 270 and a half is out there. So I'll take Purdy's over there. And then just finishing up the golf thoughts a little bit. Uh, so Aubert, uh, 22 for an outright. He has never played at Torrey Pines, but... Good form. T30 at Sony, T47 at Century. It's a name that I've seen like kind of get tossed out a bunch early in the year. Uh, hasn't totally hit yet, but he's he's playing solid golf. Uh, and he was on fire in the second half of 2023. A bunch of top 10s, top 20s, won the RSM Classic. And then if you look at some of his stats, total driving, first, sixth in distance, 27th in accuracy, third in greens of regulation. Approaches from 200 plus, which is big at Torrey Pines, 27th. And then first in par five birdie or better, uh, third in bogey avoidance. So that could be big as they uh, level up when it comes to courses, some easy courses to start the year. And then one other, oh, a bomb for this uh, tournament here. I like the list mentioned. I like uh, Keith Mitchell is a guy who Joe's been on recently. Maybe like a top 20, you get a pretty uh, good number. Doesn't have great history here, but good form. Or like a DFS play. But Austin Eckroat at 175 uh, to 1. Off the tee, 18th. First in total driving, 15th in distance. Third in accuracy. Third in approaches of 200 plus. Uh, and T42 at the Sony. T25 at Amex. Approach game typically leaves a little bit to be desired. But he's, uh, he's hitting it pretty well right now. So at 175 to 1. There is a bomb for the Farmers. Keep it together. Jake. <laughs> Hello, coming to you from a Costco that is undisclosed. Um, I am going to be somewhat aligned with you, Paul and Joe. I'm going to take Kittle, but I'm going to ladder it. The Lions, bad tight end defense, and if Debo is going to be banged up, then I'm just going to let's climb that ladder, baby. Uh, 100 plus is better than 4-1 to one for Kittle. So do that. Uh, I will also have a go- golf bet. Somebody who feels like he's on the cusp of breaking through. All three tournaments this year, he's been top 20. Eric Cole at 35 to 1. He's only played here once and he missed the cut, but it was a couple of years ago. Didn't play here last year, but he's been top 20 in three events this year. SoCal guy. So feels like he's playing well and is on the cusp of breaking through. I'll go with Eric Cole, 35 to 1. And then I'll tell my boy Isaac uh, the rink mask assist over two and a half for Nebraska plus money. I like that. And uh, just an announcement for Chris Mack because he was worried about how much baseball I'd be bringing to the show in February. Here Tomorrow, we I think Here we're we going to have two more bangers for college baseball rights. I think we're adding to the card. So still I would long expect shots. nothing less. Nothing less. Do, do you want the base, the college baseball, or are you saying you don't? Uh, He's scared. We, He's scared of the grind. He's <laughs> scared of the grind. Hey, baby. He doesn't Bucko want this Indiana 251. 
Bucko signed a roll as Chapman. We're all in on finishing fourth in the NL Central this year, Thanks. baby. Look out. Uh, thanks again for joining us on BetQL Daily. For Jake, for Paul, for Aaron and Joe, I'm Chris Mack. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, 9 Eastern. Don't forget to rewind if you missed anything or download the podcast inside your Odyssey app right here on the BetQL Network.